Well, hello. Welcome to Ready to Redo, where we'll be mixing mediocre humour with the topic of redoing education. I'm Jo Yang, and in today's episode, we'll be discussing the ever-so-juicy topic of standardisation. Basically, how it's not providing the personalised education we need, and how it emphasises compliance over out-of-the-box thinking. Also, there is a video version of this podcast episode, so if you prefer to watch this as well as listen, then you can check out my YouTube channel, Joe Yang. I'll put the link in the show notes. Awesome! Let's begin. Hey guys, welcome back. So today's topic is about standardization, and if you're thinking, but I don't even remember school being standardized, or how is this relevant to me now? Well, back in school, if you ever felt like you were behind in class and thinking, oh my god, they're going way too quickly, I, I can't get it, or you were ahead and you were bored in class and thinking, oh my god, everyone's so slow. To even now, if someone were to ask you, oh, we've got this really difficult problem and like, do you have any creative ideas on how to solve it or just give us your opinion and you're thinking, do I have to? Like, what are your ideas? All of these are a result of standardization in school. And I think before we go into the problems of standardization and that rabbit hole, let's first have a history 101. I know you didn't ask for it, but I think it's really important to know where did our system come from and how did we get inspired by them to do what we do today? So first, let's talk about Prussia. Prussia is now what we call modern Germany. And at that time, they, the, the kingdom of Prussia, occupied places like Czech Republic, Poland, Russia, hence the name Prussia. Their main spoken language was German, and the reason why I bring them up is because they were one of the first places to make school compulsory. This happened in like the 1830s, whereas most places like the UK and I think the US didn't make school compulsory until the 1880s. And so Prussia basically prescribed a national curriculum for each year level, and they proved largely efficient because most people at the time, if they weren't wealthy, they couldn't access education, and so they were illiterate. Most people were farmers anyway, it was the agricultural days, so it's not like they needed education to do their job. And just a fun fact, the word kindergarten, which is literally translated from German as garden of children, came from Prussia. They spoke German, they were the pioneers in education, and that's where it got translated down from. But anyway, it's nice to think of Prussia as being super generous to their citizens and saying, you need help? Okay, let's help you out. But in reality, they were just teaching compliance. They were giving a lot of information to these people in hopes that they wouldn't think for themselves, that they would have this stock knowledge that everyone had, so they were easy followers, essentially. And now this education system has inspired a lot of what you see in modern traditional schooling. So during the Industrial Revolution, that's when factories and machines started to pop up, we needed good factory workers, and and that's exactly what the schools provided. So there was a demand in the workforce for people who could do manual, mindless tasks, and we had a school system which produced that. Except the fact is, 
that nowadays we don't need good factory workers, we need great out-of-the-box thinkers. And so that leads into Seth Godin's book Lynchpin, which I mentioned in the last episode, where he says schools are teaching compliance. We're teaching students to just follow the rules, follow the assessments, and ask, is this on the test? Which I basically did all the time. We're not willing to go above and beyond. We just learn to what we're expected to know. So I think it's really important that we teach things like critical thinking in school, knowing how to objectively analyze information and be able to evaluate it as being valid or not, even questioning what we learn. Because maybe in 50 years time, I don't know, what we learn in school now would completely contradict what we know in the future. Okay, so about school, I don't think we are intentionally, like teachers aren't intentionally being like, I'm going to teach you compliance and make you all compliant students, but we are unintentionally creating that. So what's actually standardized in school? Number one, uniform. The only good thing about uniform is that in the morning you don't have to think about what you wear. That is it because I went to an all-girls school and for our winter uniform, we had stockings. You could selectively choose stockings or socks and and a winter skirt, of course, not just, yeah, anyway. I would never be caught dead wearing a winter skirt willingly in winter. Right now, I wear five layers. I've got pants on and I'm cozy. But what does uniform do? It's only just a symbol of what the school represents, not what the children want. Let's get rid of it. We don't need uniform. Cool, next one. Year levels. We, our academics aren't limited to years. So it's not like on the 366th day, you're (laughs) magically, you're like, whoop, you wake up. (laughs) Like, God damn, I'm smart. No, and, and I think the problem behind year levels is that some students are being hindered, meaning that they may be at year eight level, yet they're at year six level. I know you can jump years, but the fact is that some people are ahead and some people are behind. And the idea of year levels doesn't even really make sense. It's just a good batch number for entry and exit. And what if a student is at year eight level maths, but then at level five English? Where do you place them? Because they're supposed to be at a particular standard um, if, say, they're in year eight. So I've seen some schools like Montessori, which I'll discuss in a later episode, where they mash around three year levels together and the older students will actually help the younger students. I find that really fascinating. So everyone's benefiting. Number three is the idea that we're teaching in the same method as well as the same pace. So it's not the teacher's fault, of course, it's just the system structure. You've got one teacher teaching at 30 students, you know, around about, and it's impossible to have all students understand what the teacher's saying. You're going to have some students who nod their head and understand completely, others who are faking it and then being like, yeah, 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 I understand, and then having no idea. And then some people who are just in their own world, probably playing plants of zombies, I don't know, but just completely not understanding. And that happened to me in chemistry. So a lot of the time the teacher would ask, oh, so you guys understand? If you understand, then we'll move on. And I would just be like, yeah. I understand. And I'd nod my head, be like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because majority of people were like, yeah, 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 I get it. 
So I'm like, oh, guess I gotta know too. I'll just learn it at home, I guess. And then when I get home, hell no, am I gonna do chemistry homework? So yeah, just never got around to it. But I really feel like this standardized way of teaching leads to a lot of misconceptions about our capabilities. So thinking things like, oh, I'm not good at chemistry or I don't like chemistry. And this comes down to the growth and fixed mindset, which I will reference in another episode because there is a lot to unpack there. So a personal story, when I was in high school, one of my least favorite subjects was English. I really just disliked it because I could never finish an essay in the allotted time. I would always (laughs) run out probably like second or third paragraph. And I just thought, I'm not good at English. I don't like English. And then fast forward, no joke, fast forward to a few weeks ago, I dug this up uh, in a in my old year six notepad, and it says, and I quote, I am in year six this year. My favorite subjects are English, sport, and art. English. That really surprised me because somehow between year six and year 12, I thought, I legitimately thought that I wasn't good at English and I hated it. Even though English is English, I just wasn't good at adhering to the criteria in high school. So that's why anytime someone says to me, oh, I'm not good at maths or English, I always reply with, you're good at maths or English, you're just not good at doing school's way of maths and English. You're not good at adhering to their criteria but that doesn't mean that you're not good at the topic. So a second thing that standardized education is leading to is a lack of self-awareness. So students don't really understand just how best they learn, um, you know, what sort of methods, whether it's visual, auditory, that they prefer, and also what skills they need to learn in particular as opposed to what's provided on the curriculum. So I think a solution to this is to have less lecturing. I believe that the teachers can actually teach the theory in a shorter period of time because then we can give more time to things like open discussion and project work and all the things that are more active. So this allows students to have autonomy in how they manage their time, but also create a more collaborative environment for students to teach other students And so both students can actually get something out of it. So relating to before, things like tests and criteria are all standardization issues. In tests, you literally just have to regurgitate information. And I remember in uni, lecturers would literally just say, this is on the test. This is not on the test. This is on the test. And everyone would just zone out as soon as they would say, this is not on the test. We'd just be like, what's the point of bringing it into the lecture? We're only learning what we need to know for the exam. And then the thing is, when you're tested, you're assessed based on the expectation of where you should be, given by the letter grading or the number grading. But each student has had different resources and different opportunities throughout their lives. So, I just find it completely unfair that we're pitting students against each other on this one grading scale. And I made a, I literally made a YouTube video just about this grading topic. So if you want to check it out, then I'll put into the show notes. And the thing with putting all students onto one grading scale, it actually invites competition. 
It makes it incredibly easy for me to say, oh, I've got an A plus, and then look at someone else and go, what do you have? Because we've been graded, we've had the same test, and now we're being graded the same way. But I love what um, Cassie Ho from Bloglardies says, and she says, don't compare yourself to other people, just compare yourself to yourself. So how have you improved since last time, since your last grade? Not trying to pit yourself against other students because all of you have had different experiences. It just doesn't make sense to compare. And so the solution that I have, first of all, scrap grading, there must be another way that we can assess students like peer feedback, teacher feedback, instead of giving some arbitrary number or letter. So I mentioned in the last episode that my overall goal is to make education relevant and fun. But my overall goal for the students themselves is to be curious to learn and also to ask better questions. Because currently, you know, we're all learning from the driest piece of poo, which is a textbook, and it's really not giving us that drive to know more. So school shouldn't be about creating better answers for just these questions made from textbooks, but to come up with better questions. And I heard this quote, and I love it, and it says, The stupidity of people comes from having an answer for everything. The wisdom of the novel comes from having a question for everything. So nowadays, standardization is literally backfiring on us. <laughs> now we, we want people to tell us what to do. We need guidance. But really, school should be about helping us to think critically, to innovate, to come up with cool new ideas. But in school, we're literally just answering textbook questions, questions that have already been solved. But in reality, we should be finding solutions to questions that haven't been answered. So it's about encouraging students to ask what if, to really just experiment and be creative with that. Okay, so that's a lot of information. I am so sorry. I think that was a lot of rambling. I hope you're still with me. I hope that, yeah, you can un at least see that standardization is, is a problem and that we need to fix it. And I'm just going to end with this quote that says, if you try and accommodate a system to everyone, it will fit no one. See you later.